1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love. She bears all things, for she is long-suffering of soul and patient of spirit. Love. She bears all things because she is built in the spirit by God to overcome and endure. Love. She bears all things because she is knit together by God with sinews made of mercy and kindness. For blood is the life force of man, but mercy and compassion is the life force of love. For mercy and compassion, they sustain her. And love. She is not a door, but she is a wall. For it is in her heart to hide, conceal, and even cover the imperfections, the faults, and the shortcomings of all others. When the tumultuous storms of this life blow through like a whirlwind, she is an immovable fortress to all who take refuge in her. She is the very shadow of the wings of God. Love. She places herself as a shroud over that tortured part of the soul of man. And she hangs herself as a veil over the tears of the one overcome by sorrow, for she is so good. And love. She knows that there's a time to expose the deeds of darkness. But she is kind and she is wise. And so she also knows that there's a time to guard a man's heart as with the armor of flight. For she is the one who places herself as a dressing over the bleeding heart of the man who has disappointed himself again. And has fallen short again. Apart from God's great gift of love, we ever would be destined and eternally fated to live tormented by the cruel company of our many sins. Forever persecuted of both mind and soul, restless every moment. Apart from God's great gift of love for me, the new moon does not bring with it new hope. For I breathe in air, but I breathe out iniquity. Apart from God's great gift of love, the song of joy has become for me an everlasting dirge. Apart from God's great gift of love, all of our many raw, infected, seething wounds are to be forever exposed for all the world to see. But love, when she is desired, when she is pursued, when she is sought out and discovered, she is the one who will heal and conceal all of our open wounds with her compassionate kisses and perhaps, just perhaps, a day of recovery and refreshing will come. Love, she is the true mother and she is protective over the heart of the one on whom she has set her seal and her affection for she is a bear not to be robbed of her cubs. And love, even though she be mighty in power, you will never see her strike at another with fist or tongue. Even if she be the one struck first, even if she is the one who has been scarred, even though she be cut deep, 
even if she is bleeding profusely, she will do you no harm. You may hurt her with your words. Words meant to penetrate the heart as with swords, but her words, they are never crossfire, but only peace. She will not be the one to set the forest ablaze by fire from her tongue. For her words are not the raging rapids. For the tongue of love, it is a lazy river. A gently flowing stream, which has been given its path by the very finger of God. But on the contrary, it is the heart of love to quench and suffocate such fires that are kindled by the remarks of uncompassionate men. For love, she feels no need to justify herself, not to the one who has caused her pain, nor to her brother and sister, nor to God. For it is never in her heart to wound, but only to heal that which has been wounded. It is never in her heart to break a bone, but only to set that which has been broken. Love, she knows not vengeance. Revenge does not abide with her. And love, she is no gossip. It is not in her heart to bring up in the presence of others another perceived faults or imperfections. For she knows no pride. Pride does not abide with her. But she is humble in every part of her soul. For the treasure chest that is her heart overflows with pure gold and precious jewels, sapphires, emeralds, and rubies. Therefore, when she speaks, she speaks diamonds and pearls. Love. She is more than willing to be heard if it is for your better good. For her true care is not for herself, but for you. The heart of love, when she is in your presence, her heart belongs to you and to you alone. And she seeks no return on her investment. She cares not of interest accrued. But love. She has set you as her target. You are her return. Your heart is her diamond mine. And love. She does arm herself indeed. And the arrows of her quiver sink deep into the heart of man, no doubt. But they do not cause a man to fall. But rather... They raise a man on high, as if to stand upon the wings of angels. Now love. She does not sit by with her head bowed low in neutral silence. Don't be deceived. There is nothing neutral about her. Don't be deceived, my friends. For she is in no way non-confrontational or passive. But she's forever proactive. And she is preemptive. For she is a strong soldier girded from head to toe with the most sturdy of armor. And she is oh so quick to take her battle stance and push forward with resolution. With purpose. Penetrating the battlefield in her pursuit of every fallen man. Don't be deceived. Though she be weak according to the standard of our world. In her weakness God has made her strong. And this is her true pride love she is weak and yet she is mighty and love she knows no 
fear. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. I love that. Love casts out fear. It's as if love knows there may be something to fear and yet she cares not. It's as if love despises the notion that a scary world could move her in any way from pouring herself out upon you. You see, love, if she were to see a man being unjustly pummeled by the words of another, she is quick to intercede because she is moved and motivated by care and not fear. And she is a force who knows not how to keep to herself, for how can she? For you are the delight of her heart. And you are the affection of her very soul. And love. She is ever the forgiving mother. And the pleasant words of forgiveness are always on the tip of her tongue. For her breath smells of jasmine and gardenia. And her lips drip honey. Love. She has willfully prepared herself to bear with you until the end of time, to the very last day. Even up to the day that God rolls up the skies like a scroll. Even under the day that the earth is removed from its foundation. In Hebrew, to cover often means the same as to forgive. Proverbs 10:12 says, Hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all transgressions. To say that love bears all things is to say that she is tolerant and she is selfless and quietly patient and very slow to anger. But even in her anger, she is intending to heal. Love, she is quick. She is oh so quick to bear on her strong back the sins and burdens of your heart. And she will never expose you to the world to be tormented or tortured, but rather she will be the shield at your forefront and the armor at your back. This very well may be her greatest joy because this is a clear manifestation of exactly who she is. Galatians 6 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Love bears all things. And she believes all things. Love believes all things. Now love. She may believe all things, but this no way signifies that she is naive. Nor is she prone to believing falsehoods as truth. But rather it signifies that it is not in her heart to be suspicious of the words or actions of another, no matter how absurd a thing appears. For love believes. She believes in you because she believes in the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit in your life. She is not looking at you with the unreliable eyes made of flesh. She sees you through the dependable eyes of faith given her by God. And therefore, she is willing to only believe in what is best and possible for you and in you. And that according to the very word of God. Doubt does not flow out of the heart of love. Trust does. Love does not doubt your motives, and she is void of all defensiveness. For just as a father entertains the fantasies of a child, so does love entertain you and me. 
for she is not offended by our tales, and she rushes not to judgment. For she gladly reckons it better to be deceived than to take hold of a distrustful spirit, and her eyes are always on the horizon, believing, believing that the sun will soon rise in your heart. For love, she is the very person of faith, and she is the very person of belief, and she stands immovably upon the word of God. Even if you were to lie to her face a million times over. Even if you were to fail her every moment of every day. She would not take away the faith and belief that she has in you. And because she believes so wholeheartedly in you. She is clearing the way and empowering you to stand. Do y'all remember when Peter denied Jesus on that fateful night? was on the night of Jesus' arrest. It was on that night of fulfilled prophecy. It was on that dark night that God allowed the Son of Man to be handed over into the hands of evil men. Well, most Christians know this story because it's often mentioned. You often hear it from the pulpit. You either hear it by sermon or by anecdote. And it's mostly preached in the wrong way, I believe. It's often... It's often preached, don't deny Jesus as Peter denied Jesus. Peter's denial of Jesus is always thrown into a negative light. But this isn't the sermon. And this isn't the message I hear preached in my heart when I think about Peter's denial of Jesus. We have to go deeper. Now on that night, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you each like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And then Peter says to the Lord, Lord, I am ready to go with you, even to prison and to death. But Jesus replies, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Now soon after, the angry horde, bearing club and pitchfork, arrive. They have come to arrest Jesus and to carry him away. And the Bible says that Peter followed at a distance, eventually making his way into the outer court of the high priest, where he could see Jesus being interrogated at a short distance. Now as Peter was warming himself by the communal fire on this chilly eve, a slave girl recognizes Peter in the firelight and says to him, and says to those around him, this man was also with him, that is, with Jesus. And Peter denied that he knew Jesus, even while cursing and becoming enraged. Well, Peter gets questioned three times, and Peter denies that he knows Jesus three times. And then the rooster crowed. And the Bible says that it was then that Peter remembered the words of the Lord. He remembered that the Lord told him that he would deny him three times. And upon Peter's remembering of the words of the Lord, the Bible says that Peter left the court of the high priest weeping bitterly. Now the sermon on this text that I hear being preached in my heart, it does not include the flogging of Peter because of what he had done. We all make mistakes. We certainly all have regrets. Until I've walked a mile in Peter's shoes, who am I? 
Jesus didn't cast judgment upon Peter in any way, as far as we could tell. It's the contrary, really. Jesus didn't shame Peter. And Jesus was the only one hurt by Peter's actions. If Jesus didn't judge Peter, I surely won't. So for you and I to hold Peter in contempt for his denial of Jesus is short-sighted. We have to look at the big picture. For Peter's story, it is far from over. Jesus didn't judge Peter, but how do we know? After Jesus' death and resurrection and before his ascension, the Lord decides that he's going to reveal himself to Peter. Now Peter had been fishing all night with some of his brothers, and as he was on his way back to shore, he and a few other disciples eventually recognized the Lord as standing on the seashore. Now if I were Peter, I would have been almost destroyed by what I had done to the Lord, denying that I even knew him. The feeling of guilt that Peter must have felt would have been palpable. I'm confident of this. I would have been wishing to God, if only I had one more chance to prove my love. If only I could go back and do it all over again. For this very thought, this very thought I sometimes feel is the course of my life. Well, Peter may have been thinking the same thing. And no doubt that the guilt he felt for what he had done was seeking to destroy him. How unworthy and unfaithful he must have felt. And this is probably why Jesus said what I read to you a moment ago. Remember, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Now, I'm sure Peter now thought himself unworthy of the Lord. Maybe Peter thought, if only I could say that I'm sorry. If only I could tell the Lord that I love him because I do. Now, there is no biblical account of Peter telling the Lord that he was sorry for denying that he knew him. But I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it happened because of what Jesus is about to say to Peter there on that beach. So the Bible says that while the boat was still about a hundred yards offshore. The disciples began to recognize the silhouette of the man standing on the shore as Jesus, and Peter could not contain himself. So Peter jumped off the boat and into the water, and he hurriedly swam to shore. So after Jesus and the disciples had eaten breakfast on the beach that morning, Jesus looks at Simon Peter and says to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he says to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He says to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Now Jesus could have called Peter out, as the church often does, for his denial 
of Christ, but he didn't. Why? Because love, she believes all things. Love, she abides and takes her comfort within the cooling shadows of faith. Love, she does not dismantle the house, but rather she is the builder of all things true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. It was because Jesus believed in Peter that Peter was ever able to get back to his feet again. Jesus didn't give his heart to Peter's past. Jesus gave his heart to Peter's future and what could be. This is what it means to believe all things. Because Jesus believed in him. Because Jesus believed in him. Peter would go on to preach some of the most profound sermons that are forever immortalized within the Holy Scriptures. For Peter was to become a mighty man of God. And soon, Peter would offer himself up to God as a sacrifice. A sweet-smelling aroma to the nostrils of God as Peter would finish his race a martyr for the sake of Jesus Christ. So the heart of the sermon I'm hearing preached is not Peter's denial of Jesus, but Jesus' faith in a man. And what a man can become when he is believed in. Jesus wasn't the only man resurrected that day. Peter was also raised to new life, all because a man believed in him. Jesus' belief in Peter, even in the face of what he had done, is the clear message sent by Christ, not judgment and not doubt. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things love she hopes all things love she does not dwell in the past but she looks to the future and that according to the very word of god she forgets what lies behind her and with purpose she reaches forward to what lies ahead Love peacefully forgets that which is behind her and she reaches forward with great hope to that which is to come. Love. She sees beauty in the flower while it is yet a seed. She sees victory before the battle is fought. She sees joy before there is a reason to rejoice. She sees life in the land of the dead. And she sees beauty in a man while he is yet far from God. Love. She does not live in the past. And the present is ever before her. But her eyes are ever peering toward the horizon as if she is daydreaming of all things possible. No love. She does not live in the past. But rather she has given her heart to believe in the fantastical true magic of God and his word. And love. She allows not her heart to be burned by the heartbreak of bygone years. And this is tough, I admit. This is tough even for her. But she mustn't give her heart to meditation of the fallen past. And she won't. Because this is not what is best for you. The one on whom she has set her hope. 
You see, love. She is intimate with the deep things of God. And therefore she knows that judgment does not belong to her as long as the earth remains. Love. She is intimate with the deep things of God. And therefore she knows that God has proclaimed somewhere. Mercy triumphs over judgment. In the same way that as sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. People who do not know her ways, they are quick to judge according to what they see, feel, or hear, but not so with love. She does not arm herself with an arsenal of judgment when she awakens in the morning, but her weapons are true weapons. She wields the bow of hope and the sword of faith. She securely shods her feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. She has put on the breastplate of righteousness and she has girded her loins with the truth of God. Love. She happily leaves judgment with God and God in return happily leaves his very heart with her. Her eyes. The beautiful, multicolored eyes of love. They are fixed on what is possible, not on what has been, not even on what appears to be because love she knows that with God all things are possible Matthew 19 26 with God all things are possible and this is enough for her and herein is where she finds her rest for she knows as Jesus knows all things are possible to him who believes Mark 9 23 all things are possible to him who believes. And so she believes. And therefore love. She seeks only to help a man up. Never to knock a man down. No matter what that man has done. Even if it be a wrong done to her. Or even a million wrongs done in her name. She accepts her hurt gladly. And she endures like a soldier because she has hope stored up in heaps within the storehouses of heaven. For she will never push your face to the dust, but she will lift up your chin, causing you to believe with her that you can be more than you ever thought you could be. Oh, the power, oh, the power of the hope of love. Her power Jesus displayed to Peter on the beach so long ago. The hope of love. Her shoulders are broader than a mountain and they are stronger than tempered steel. For you'd be surprised at the burden that hope can bear on her back. But then again, maybe you wouldn't be. Not if you're intimate with the life and death of Jesus Christ. What a burden he bore in hope. Hope. The hope that comes from God. Even with the world on its shoulders, its legs will not buckle. Love. You may hurt her. But she knows that because she has set her hope on God and his word, she knows that God is able to make any man on earth stand. For nothing is impossible with God. She is able to compel the worst of us to stand. Even me. Even me. And she leaves no room for doubt. If a man only believe in her name. 
even if the whole world were to lose hope in a man or a woman, brother, sister, hope, she will not. It is simply her happy nature to believe in you. Therefore, she has taken her stand, and she will not be moved from her place. Love's hope. It never wearies, and it never dies, and it will never fall away, for it cannot. For love is built by God to withstand every test of time. And in the end, she will be the last one standing. And then she will reign as supreme queen in heaven. Isn't this what 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says? Love never fails. Love never falls. But as long as the Son of Man remains on the earth, her work is not finished. She will pursue you to your deathbed if she must. And she will do it gladly, as she is ever strengthened by the joyous songs of angels who sing of her worth, which has been put on display by her Father, Jesus Christ. For as long as there is breath in a man, love, she seeks to instill in you her great hope, her very heart, and she seeks to lift you by it. For she takes such delight in seeing a man made whole and altogether happy. She rejoices when you rejoice. She praises God when another man discovers something worthy of praise within himself. She sings the songs of angels when another man shakes free of that which chains him and burdens him. For there is no selfishness or envy in her. But she is for you. For she is yours and yours alone. If only you make her your true treasure. You see love. She is ever rejoicing before God in great hope. Because she knows that she has already won. If only she's willing to pursue you to the end. In this very thing she is eager to do, as her zeal for you consumes her. Love. She knows that she has already won. Romans 12.21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, love. She is the intimate friend of God, and so therefore she has fixed her hope on his word, and so she believes. And thus she gives herself no choice but to set that very hope on you, the beloved of God. And this she does, my friends, with pure delight. For she pours herself out in hope because she knows, she knows that she has already won. She has already been declared the overcomer. She has already been declared that which is right and that which is good. For God's word has taught her this. But because of her great hope, she believes it. Love. She bears all things. She believes all things. She hopes all things. And she endures all things. Love. She endures all things. Love, she laughs in the face of the afflictions that may plague her. 
and she is sure to be afflicted because she has made herself ever vulnerable. Heartbreak never removes its fingers from her doorbell, and sorrow is ever at her back door. Isaiah 53 says that Jesus was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like the one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Heartbreak may very well be the destiny of the man who is willing to give his love fully. If a man never wishes his heart to be broken, then he must never love, not even his dog, but love because she is so quick to put herself up as a target for the sake of those on whom she has set her seal. She is exposed and susceptible to being battered and bloodied by the world. But she endures, and because of this, because of this very fact, she overcomes. She endures for the sake of her father, God, and she endures for the sake of his children whom God adores. Love. She cares not if you prosecute her. She will endure, and she will endure without complaint or ill will, trusting herself to God. Test her and see if you are not moved by her unbelievable graciousness you are a better man than me love she never ceases to desire you even though you are the cause of her hurt test her and see if you are not moved by the waterfall of forgiveness that ever flows from her heart you are a better man than me love if she is duped or wrong she will not curse you she will bless you test her and see if you are not moved by the benevolence that cascades from her sweet lips, you are a better man than me. Love, if she is struck, she will simply offer you the other cheek. You may hurt her, but she endures because of faith and hope by which she is all consumed. Even if you kill the one who possesses her, do not assume that she is defeated because who knows where you will be in the end. For herein lies her very purpose on earth. If on that last day you are found to be standing in Christ because of what she had to give, she has not lost, but she has won. For her patience has sought you out and won the day.